Amanda and I'm Kristen and we are the extra sisters so sit back relax and let's get creepy welcome to a hype episode of 2020 that's fucking weird I have no idea what hype episode this is because there haven't really been many I know we did grudge and the invisible man we did with the 1930s invisible man so yeah we've had a few (laughs) but so this is like I don't know like four or five somewhere in there it doesn't really matter but the point is we're doing a hype episode which is cool and is it Huh. Right. Well, we're doing we're talking about Annabellum today. And I was excited about this because if you don't, Annabellum is a very southern term. It's also a racist term. Like or well, no, I wouldn't say racist term, but well Well, Annabellum literally means before war. That's yeah. what it means. Well, so it is before any war. It is not just the Civil War. It is all wars. Yeah. And there in the United States, there's a reason, like if if you look at what we're talking about now in the United States, Lady Antebellum, the band actually dropped Antebellum from their name because of the connotation it has in the United States. So I think that's really unfortunate because that is your chance to explain what it actually means to the rest of the planet instead of just taking it off. Well, but okay, I understand that it is a politically charged world we live in. So I get it, but still. It was after a, a lot of discussion about the meaning around in the United States and what we're currently going through. But yes, the technical definition is before or existing before a war. Now, it does say especially the American Civil War, but I think that was because it was taken from the original definition. So talking about specifically that, the Lady Antebellum thing, I will say is... It has a lot to do with the shitty self. And oh, not- I'm sure it does, especially them being country stars. Yeah. Like, and get why they did it, but come on, man. I'm also not explain to people. Yeah. And I'm not saying that all of the South is shitty, but Krista and I have actually had a lot of really interesting discussions when we first started. You know, not that we first started becoming friends, but when you get on a different comfort level with your friends talking about your upbringing and you start talking about political issues. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we discovered was we had very different experiences with our exposure to racism. Right. And the reason we're talking about this is because Annabellum is about racism. So we'll get into the plot here in a minute. And I just wanted to start off by saying this is a very sensitive topic to talk about. Now, this film was being produced prior to 2020. They could not have known what would have transpired in 2020. Not that it hasn't happened before. This, I have a really interesting quote that I'm going to read when we record this. And so I figured this would be a really interesting conversation to have. But Not that this hasn't been a problem before, but especially the culture we're in now, we're actually recording this a few hours after the murderers, not to be confused, were cleared in the death of Breonna Taylor. So there's that, which is really not a word unfortunate doesn't even cover it, but this is a very sensitive movie. But 
unfortunately was not done well, but not because of the racial discussions, but we'll get there. Well, when Kristen and I started having these conversations, I'm from Texas and she's mm-hmm. from Colorado. Uh, specifically Manitou Springs, where I think there was one black classmate in my whole school and I wasn't even with him all 12 years of school. So yes, I am very naive to other racial problems. Now the city that I was raised in was also, it was, I would say majority white, of course. Now there was a black population And again, I would like to preface this by saying we are both white women. We have no place to like talk about our experiences with directly racism because we haven't experienced that. But what I observed was there was racism definitely. And I saw it firsthand and not just in school, but just out in public, out in society, being from the South, it's definitely prevalent. Now I will say And I think I have some older family members or one in particular that comes to mind that I'm thinking about. I was told as a child that my, y'all probably know my last name by now, but regardless, irregardless, doesn't matter. Robert E. Lee apparently is somewhere on my family tree, but I don't necessarily know if that's true. I think that my... There are some family members of mine that may have just put him there because we had the same last name and they were racist and proud, to be perfectly honest with you. So, you know, and when I look at my ancestry DNA, we came from Virginia and we worked our way down. So my only exposure to the United States until I moved to Colorado has been the Deep South. I know Texas technically isn't Deep South, but that's where I'm from. So it was really interesting when Kristen and I started talking about our experiences, how different they were. Not that it doesn't happen in Colorado, not that it doesn't happen in the North. We see it everywhere, but just an observation that we've actually talked about. Now, talking about this movie is really frustrating for a lot of reasons. They tried to pull a Jordan Peele. (laughs) And failed miserably. They did fail miserably. And the plot of this movie is, I'm not quite sure I, I see where they tried, but they're Being horror movie reviewers for this movie, I went on a whole rant about this to my husband who was playing video games with his friends and I didn't realize. I did with Connor too. Yeah. (laughs) Playing with his friends. Yeah. His friends were listening to me rant about this. I I thought that I was muted and I wasn't and they were like listening to me talk about it and they were actually like asking me questions and I was like, I review horror movies. That's what I do. I don't review dramas. Mm -hmm. I don't review period pieces like if it's a horror period piece then okay that's fine but right I'm not quite sure where the horror was here other than like real life horrors because it starts out in what you believe is the era of slavery which yes is horrific and what they do a good job of is showing you these horrors of slavery I'm not saying they didn't succeed in several aspects of showing you certain points they were trying to make But what they failed miserably at was a cohesive plot, I guess. Yes. Like, good God, I was so irritated when I figured out what was happening, which you figure out pretty quickly once they get where they're going. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And I'm not even saying there aren't people, we'll get there, people like this alive because there absolutely are. 
in this country, but you could make this movie and make it so much better. Yeah, I think that they were trying to make this movie and make it so much better, and I feel like they rushed it. Like, I know you said in the beginning that they couldn't know what was going on with 2020, but they literally made sure that this movie did come out on demand because of what was going on in 2020. And if your movie wasn't ready, you shouldn't have done it because you failed in what you were trying to achieve. Absolutely. So let's talk about the plot then. So that way we can kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about and then we can have these discussions that we need to have. So when this movie opens, you are with slaves. So you, well, you are, but you think you're with slaves during the Civil War. (laughs) And you believe that they are, you are led to believe that they are in some sort of cultish practice some sort of pagan practice or something of the sort and they're going to use that to try to escape their situation which would be an interesting we've seen something like that before and this is in louisiana so you know that that would be an interesting plot point so you think that that's kind of what's happening the horror elements you kind of see one of their eyes glow a little bit at some point but apparently i guess that's just how the light ended up hitting it that that was incredibly misleading i don't know if you caught that at some point so they definitely don't want you to know what this movie is about and as of the person who has finished watching it i have more questions at the end than i did in the beginning it's not it's not great so the things that i thought were a little ritualistic one this what you are thinking is like the leader, for example, she is very particular. Now this could just be floor creaking what you figure out. She's very particular about the way she crosses her floor and you don't, right, what you fit or at least I figured pretty quickly is because she wants to escape in the middle of the night and she doesn't want anybody to hear her boards creak. Like she does this thing where she always puts grease on the hinges so that they won't squeak. Is that the ritual you're talking about? Kind of, yeah. So you could take that one of two ways. There's also, they're in this, they're feeding these soldiers. There is a brief moment when you are, you catch a camera angle, and I made a note of this. What you find out later is it's just how the flames caught in her eyes. They make you believe her eyes are actually kind of glowing because it actually looks purple. Okay. Well, let's talk about the camera for a second really quick because... I think this might have been her, this director's like first movie or first major one at least, but the camera work is not great. Right in the beginning, there is, it's not the worst shaky cam I've ever seen, but you're, you're the camera and you're following people around this plantation, basically getting the lay of the land. And you can tell on the edge of the screen, you can see that it is someone holding that camera and it shakes like someone's walking with it. And that's really unfortunate because it's your very first shot and you see it. And then, like you said, with the eyes, I feel like that's something in post someone really should have fucking mentioned. Yeah. Or they were misleading you on purpose. Right. Because the whole time you think this is a horror movie and it's supposed to get creepy at some point. And then the only other creepy thing that really happens, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, there's this little girl in this hotel and she's very pale and you're almost like, what is like she's real but you're like why is this being thrown in here you just don't really know what they're getting at and that's one of the problems mysterious horror movies are fine when it leads up to something that is 
really enticing and really intriguing. And while this could have been that, I just had so many problems with it, which we'll, I got to keep going with the plot so you can kind of understand where we're coming from. So you're following, obviously these slaves want to escape. So you find out this is a, what do they call a reform plantation? So you believe that these slaves have, are here because they are being punished. So obviously everywhere they came from is terrible, but this is like the ultimate terrible. And so we all know the horrors of slavery while our history has been whitewashed, of course, and watered down. You know what happened to these slaves? A beating, brandings happened in this. There's trigger warning. Rape, you know, horrible sexual assault. These things all happen in this film, which is not surprising because they were property. Just so you know that happens, but right, it's no different than things we have seen honestly in other period pieces. It's it's definitely a historical period piece drama. Definitely is. It's a and drama. It is, exactly. It is horrifying. If you were that person who was there, what I went into this movie assuming was that this was more of a back and forth life thing. Like this was a past life that she is dreaming about. Exactly. And that's that exactly would have been horrifying. To think. That would have been horrifying. That's not what this is. No. So at some point, she actually, that's exactly what you're supposed to think because at some point these slaves are planning their escape together. She is the leader of this. You can tell that they look to her for guidance. At some point she falls asleep and you hear a phone ringing. And when she wakes up, you are modern day. She is a modern day PhD successful. She goes on political talk shows. She's talking about marginalized black women in America today. She's taking on these white conservative men. She is super amazing. You know, she goes and does all these motivational talks. She's written a book and you think it's a past life and they're at some point they're going to collide. They right? literally talk about that. At her conference, one of her friends is talking to her about how her conference part is about past lives, basically, and how they fuck with us now. So you're like, oh, okay, so I'm right on track with this. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. So she goes out of town. She has a, a husband and a daughter. She gets a call before she goes out of town. She's leaving to go to a, a talk to and to promote her book. And she, before she leaves to go out of town, she gets a call from this talent agent, so to speak. And this talent agent wants to connect with her, but she's incredibly demeaning. And you can tell she's doing those underhanded comments about these very subtle racist comments to her uh, that are being picked up. And she's like, okay, we'll connect at some point. But you can tell she obviously is going to blow her off. And that's pretty much it. We move on from there. She shows up to the hotel and she has plans, of course, to do this talk. Her friend shows up and we go do this talk. While she's at this talk, someone breaks into her hotel room and she gets this bouquet that her husband didn't send. So somebody's clearly stalking her and planning something. With cotton in it. So it's definitely a racist thing. Yes. So... And this is really the only, the only horror elements are somebody broke in. There's some tense music while they're stalking her hotel room. They leave but like. But she doesn't even know. She never yeah. even finds out that somebody broke into her hotel room. We didn't even need that motherfucking scene. 
No. We we did it. Also, and really quick, the person that breaks into her hotel room puts on lipstick and they like zoom in on it. And may I just say, if you're going to zoom in on somebody's lips putting on lipstick, do lip liner because it was all over the fucking place. It, it was. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. See? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that they're doing this all to build suspense and to show you that somebody. But they didn't. Is, There's no yeah. tension throughout this whole fucking movie. And that's what a horror movie needs. It it lacked the tension for horror. It just made you feel sad. Sad. Like, yes. I felt yeah. bad the whole time, like grossed out. But I didn't feel scared. Honestly, no. I didn't even feel scared for the main character because I was like, she's the main character. She's going to get out. Right. So what, yeah, what happens is she goes to dinner with her friends and they take separate Ubers and she gets in to an Uber and she gets kidnapped. And what you basically come to, it's very confusing. So this is when you really start to get confused for just a little bit though. You start, you put it together pretty quickly. So for a minute you think there's another flashback she is you go back to the slave era the confederacy era because she smacks her head they smack her head on the window so that she'll stop screaming and fighting so that puts her to sleep right so when she's asleep she goes back in time right exactly once again no why do you keep putting these things there for us to watch and then you take it all away well they're trying to do these m night Shyamalan things these red herrings if you will that aren't actually red herrings that's not necessarily what I mean but that's what they're trying to do and it's trying to be a much smarter film than it actually is unfortunately Mm -hmm. and that's when you really need I'm not saying I could have written this any better but what I am saying is if I had this idea in my head I would not have tried to make it a horror film. This is not a bad idea. This and and when we get to what it is, you'll see why I don't think it's a bad idea. But it's not a horror movie and should not be marketed as such and I will get into why here in just a minute. So she is knocked out unconscious and you're right <laughs> there you know you think she goes back to sleep and then we're back in the era of the confederacy and it it is her again but as the slave woman and she is with her captive or her, her captor so unfor- her master for lack of a well that is what he was at the time and she is trying to escape that night and tells someone else that it is time, but her captor or her master, I'm using these words interchangeably because he gets a cell, a, a phone call on his cell phone and you're like, what the fuck? And you kind of think maybe she's dreaming and hearing a cell phone in her dreams. No, she's not. She got kidnapped and taken to this plant. It's a modern day plantation where racist white supremacists kidnap successful high-powered black people because they feel they are above them and they don't deserve those places of power and they basically actually reenact the confederacy that's the whole thing there is no past life there is no horror there is none of this and this is why i think this could have been a good film because there are people like this walking around every single day among us all the time that do think like this. This is not an exaggeration of 
people in the United States today. I'm not saying everyone. I'm not saying that like one in three, but I'm just saying they exist. And this also felt very get out as soon as I figured it out because it's like, oh, white people stealing black people, but different reasons. But do you know what I'm, it, you, it was yeah. obviously very inspira- inspired by, and that's fine too, but it just, the reason that I do not think it should have been, well, oh, good. okay, okay, I'm stopping, Amanda, stop it. <laughs> so she is a very strong woman. She's a very intelligent woman. So she figures out, she goes to basically who you believe has been her best friend I would assume or at least closest comrade in this really unfortunate situation and there's a lot of things that have happened in between unfortunately this poor woman that was pregnant has committed suicide in the meantime like there's just all these horrible things and the man that she has befriended his wife has been shot and killed so these people are like literally doing everything that slave owners would have done they're not holding back yeah, they're even burning bodies in this little shed on the property. Yes. And they're doing this weird thing. Obviously, you know the twist now already, but they're doing this weird thing where, like, burning cotton. Like, they're having them pick it and then put it in a pile and burn it. That was super weird. Well, but they're sorry. not going to go sell it. They just want them to pick it because that's what they want them to do. Yep. And they also have, like, a full – they do these – so we still have Civil War reenactments today, and they have – civil war reenactments and then they bring these confederate reenactors back and let them basically rape these women so even all of these dozens and dozens of men are in on this too so it's not just like a handful of people you know it's not just like six or seven people right so she gets out she basically kill. well she very much injures her main kidnapper the one that wanted her specifically because saw her on tv and saw how successful she was and he she drags him to the shed where they burn people and gets one of the other head guys and is like oh my god he's injured he's injured and locks him in as well and burns them which is so which is a good scene like oh yeah i was like yeah girl like you do root for her oh it's very exciting well, because she is a good actress. Like, yes. they got a good cast She's for She's amazing. Film. Yeah, she got a re- they got a really good cast for this film. So, which is not unfortunate for the cast. It's just, like, I think that when you look at this, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And then post-production, I think, I think it just looks better on paper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so then there's also the woman that kidnapped her is basically they're also chasing her down because she gets on a horse and she runs off unfortunately the we find out he's a professor he does not make it out alive but she runs off on a horse and she fucking gets in a confrontation with this woman that kidnapped her initially who was that talent scout from the beginning and drags her behind a fucking horse by the neck it's pretty awesome which we had seen earlier them doing to a black woman that tried to run away so we yeah. get to see it with the, you know, head mistress of this plantation. Which was the professor's wife, which was really. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad. Sad. Yeah. So she does end up getting away. She actually was able to call her husband and send him a pin like on the iPhone where he can send a location. So you can see the cops coming in and her getting out. So you know that she lives and there's no horror. 
at all. Yeah, and Antebellum is the name of the field that they're doing this Civil War reenactment. Yeah. All right, you ready to actually discuss it? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, okay, sorry, real quick. I do have one little quote that I wanted to share before we get into the bad shit. One of the things, I had some notes, and then we'll get into the bad shit, but I did want to bring up, they talk about the racism being in the DNA of our country. And before we talk about the film itself, I saved an image on that I saw actually right as we were talking about this film which was actually perfect timing I got on Facebook and they said DNA of this country and then I saw this analysis I wanted to read it really quick because I thought it fit perfectly I just got this off Facebook I'm not sure who the original author is and I'm sorry but Maybe you have heard someone say that racism is baked into the cake of American society, and maybe you have taken issue with that statement and wanted to push back. Let's stick with the analogy for a minute. If you gave me a slice of cake and told me that there was egg in the cake, I would say you're crazy. I am looking at this cake and I don't see any eggs in there. I can't smell or taste any eggs either. You're making that up. There are no eggs in this cake. Now imagine I gave a slice of that cake to someone who's allergic to eggs. As soon as they took a bite of that cake, they would know immediately there are eggs in that cake. They can't see, smell, or taste the eggs any more than I can, but they can feel the effects of the eggs. Shame on me if I didn't listen to that person who was suffering, who was dying because of the eggs in that cake, and I continue to deny the presence of the eggs in that cake. So when someone tells you that there is systemic racism in the United States, you might think, no, that's not true. I don't see systemic racism. But remember, if you are not allergic to eggs, you wouldn't know there are eggs in there, but it doesn't mean there aren't any. If someone is being affected by the systemic racism in our country and tries to tell you about it, listen to them and then work to find a new recipe so that we can all have our cake and eat it too without suffering anaphylactic shock. Just, nice. Yeah. Oh, and there is an at. It's K-O-H-A-R-E-G Gibson. So Kohari Gibson. I'm assuming that's a Twitter at. So she said something about racism being built into the DNA. And then I found that cake anal- analogy and I was like, it's built into a cake. And she said built into the DNA. And I just want mm-hmm. to share it before we started actually talking about the film, because I think that's really important. We are two white women and we do not experience systemic racism. And people, a lot of people don't understand what systemic racism means. And essentially, that's what it is. It is built in to oppress people just because you don't experience it every single like you don't see somebody going out and yelling slurs at someone doesn't mean that they're not being oppressed by a major system like the police or just like by capitalism so anyways we can talk about the movie now i was gonna say but we are not really going to delve into the racism part of this mostly just the movie and how it's not a horror movie oh it's fucking not and that's what (laughs) made me so angry well you've been waiting go i just wasted my time like as a horror viewer as like somebody that would watch a film about race relations okay but make Make it a drama because if you really wanted people to pay attention to a film about what, like, what this conversation needs to be, like, this conversation needs to be had, I feel like with horror, maybe you could draw in some people that wouldn't have otherwise watched it. But I don't know, dude. Like, I feel like if you wanted, you should have marketed that a little differently and more people that probably needed to see it would have actually seen it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, especially if 
our main actress, I'm sorry, I don't know her name. She fucking killed it. And if you were trying to go after any of the Oscar stuff for her performance by labeling it horror, you just failed her, which is really unfortunate. But the rest of the movie isn't even close to Oscar worthy. So I guess maybe you don't even want to try to go there. Also, before anything happened, before she even got kidnapped, we're an hour into the film. That was going to be a huge comment of mine. So this movie is very cut and dry three acts. You know it. You are in the Deep South. You are back in modern day. Or Sorry, you were in the Civil War era. You're back in modern day. You're back in the Civil War. That is literally one, two, third act. That's it. You needed more. You had too many moving parts that you didn't figure out because you had those very solid three acts that you couldn't do anything else with. Also, the actress, by the way, that you couldn't remember, that's yes. Janelle Monet. Hidden Figures, Moonlight. You you had a wonderful lead actress. Yeah. I'm not saying they wasted her because she was the, the lead actress. But she did man, amazing. You could have given her so much to do there. Right. And I think that she really ran with the role she was given. It's just like super frustrating that it just like, I just, I just. Okay. Well, I'm going to go off for a little bit. Yeah. I I just, (laughs) yeah, go. So along the lines of what I was just saying about the three act problem is also the fact that this movie was too fucking short. that I ended up with more questions at the end than I had in the beginning is because your movie's too short because you didn't give the audience enough time to figure it out because this movie is 141 minutes or an hour and 41 minutes I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. and that's a fair that's like a decent length movie it needed more time this needed to be a two and a half hour movie because of how they did it there are things in this that either they should have taken out because it wasn't needed. Like the thing you were talking about with the creepy little girl in the hallway. That wasn't fucking needed. There was no point for that. Or the fact that you don't even have a finished film, but you have multiple characters that mean nothing to me now. That you bring in and you get right rid of. We have, in the Civil War era, we have a woman that comes onto the plantation and she seems to know our main actress. She seems to know her somehow. And it seems more personal than just the fact that we find out that she's been on the talk circuit and on CNN and she writes books. It feels more personal that this woman actually knows her than just, oh yeah, I've seen your face. So the fact that we never find out who the fuck this woman is. When we go to present day, I assumed we were going to figure out who she was and how they're connected, right? No, we meet two new friends of hers. One is a white woman, so I get it. She can't be in the, the Civil War part. The second is, and I'm sorry, once again, I'm so terrible with actor and actresses' names, but she played Precious in Precious, and she's amazing. I love her. She is in this. Why didn't we use her as the same person in the Civil War era? Why didn't we use the same woman? Why do we have two separate women here? Because we are missing out on the connection. Because when the woman from the Civil War era eventually hangs herself in our third act, we we do care a little bit, but like a little bit, and then it's over. If it had been her friend that we see, it would have been more devastating to the audience. Yeah, I agree. I... I was just so fr- like what the worst sin a movie can commit in my opinion is you almost had it and but it was so 
such a dud. They failed on the ending. Your third act, you failed. Which was interesting because the first and second acts were really good. I agree with you. They were really long. An hour in before we're moving on. I was also like, when are we fucking going to present day? Is this going to happen anytime soon? What the fuck? Yeah. And you didn't need, like, we, I'm not saying we, I am not at all saying we should skip past the horrors of slavery because we don't need to. We need to acknowledge them. However, what I am saying is that I think that they dwelled on that too much because they were trying to push that envelope of like really driving that home. And it's like, yes, but you also need to do the things that you need to do with your film to get your point across with your ending and what your, what your like meaning of your film is. If you don't have an ending, you ain't got shit. So everything you tried to do with your opening has no impact then. Exactly. Essentially, what we end up with here is three separate movies, very short movies, but almost three separate movies because you're missing the human element. We need to care and we need less time than an hour in one part. If you're going to do a multi- time frame series like that you need to go back and forth i don't know every 15 20 minutes something like that but an hour is too long no i completely agree or we just needed like a little glimpse of you know confederacy and her being there and then modern day or like i don't like i said i'm not saying i could have written this better but i'm not the one I'm not the studio that picked it up. I'm not the writer. I didn't write the screenplay. I didn't do the script. Like, that's not my responsibility to write a good movie. Right. You know. It was theirs. And it was their responsibility, especially knowing what is going on in the world right now. You should have triple, quadruple checked it before it was ready to go. Yeah. And especially as an actress or an actor, you're not filming in order either. Right. So who knows what they thought that this was going to look like when it came together cohesively. I don't know. Uh, I do know the critics hated it. (laughs) Audience score is 61. The critics score is like 20, 21 or 25 or something. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. I would like to go over some of my questions just because they're kind of funny. Yeah. So this is what I wrote because at the very end, there is still so much you don't fucking know. Like my first one, so many questions. How did that girl know her and seem so personal? Which I already talked about. How long was she gone? That's my other question. How long was she fucking gone? Because the first time she's gone, when she wakes up and she's back in present day, quote unquote, her husband's just like, oh, you had another one of those nightmares. So this seems like something she does occasionally, right? And then when she's actually kidnapped and she calls her husband, he is freaking the fuck out like she's been gone for days, weeks, months. Who the fuck knows how long this is actually taking? Yeah, and especially when there are more, like there was another woman introduced to this plantation. She goes to her and recognizes her as the leader, and it's like she's clearly been working on trying to get out for a while, it seems like. And yeah. when she calls her husband, he's like, we've been looking for, we've had everyone looking for you, and like, you, you don't know any sort of time frame here at all. Yeah, it's super fucking confusing. And then the last thing I'm going to comment on is I'm going to read just the little preview on what they say this movie is about. 
successful author Veronica finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. But she doesn't uncover anything! Nothing is really uncovered. Like, yes, we do figure out that it's present day. But she doesn't... She doesn't. Yeah, exactly! She just rides out of a field and she's back. Like, she knows she was kidnapped and this is all just horrible white supremacy. I don't know. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, No, I agree. Especially because, like, there were things that I didn't... Like, we didn't review this year. Like, antlers Mm -hmm. that... I really wanted to see, which I think you can get now, but it's like that came out in April. So at this point, it's like, no, my... it's coming out next year. Oh, I saw that it had ratings and everything already. So I'm assuming critics got a hold of it or something. Probably, yeah. And it had a release date of April 2020. So, you know, I just, it's like there are so many things. And, and if they just released it to get it out because of what's going on, and I'm not saying that's what they did, but if that's what they did, that's, fucked up that's literally what they said they were doing that they said it wasn't a mean thing they said that because of what was going on this year they felt that this movie was really needed it needed it was needed this year not next year so they pushed for it to be out this year okay i don't disagree with the message behind the movie let me just start there i think that showing what the confederacy stood for right now is a good thing because there are people and now that i know that the confederate flag then is not the same thing that like you know the southerners are waving around but they don't fucking know that (laughs) um you know what i mean like they they fly that flag as the confederate flag and they need to know what that stands for and they're just out there like oh this is history look i'm not saying history should be erased i'm just saying just like everyone else is saying we don't put up a monument to fucking be like, yay, slavery, you know? And I think that's an important message they had in there. I think that the horrifying reality that they're a white supremacist, this extreme, and even if they're not that extreme, white supremacy just isn't a good thing. Like, racism is not a good thing, obviously. So I'm not saying the messages they had in this film were not needed. I'm not saying the messages in this film were not well done. I'm saying the plot was garbage. So (laughs) you're going to lose people in your movie and they're going your message is going to get lost if your film is not well done i ended up at the end with so many more questions and so confused that i sat there for a while going i don't even what was the message about again it's kind of like black christmas how it was incredibly feminist and like women don't need men to save them and you don't need to be the damsel in distress in the end (laughs) but but then it was just like a bad movie and they didn't do it well. And so you were like, well, that that was terrible. And then it wasn't effective. And I think this will be effective in like doing what it needs to do as far as driving the, you know, can, you know, what it needs, like that all, all the racial division and the talks about that. But like, it's just a bad movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't you know, unfortunately, it's going to get lost and nobody's going to think about it anymore. Exactly. It, it, this was your chance to make a bomb ass movie that people were going to be so excited for because of what's going on right now. And unfortunately, I think that this movie gets like a D. Oh, yeah. Like it, a, it's not worth it. Like a two because your actresses saved you. Right. Exactly. Honest. Yeah. And then what you did do well 
was like make you could have made a good drama i'll give you that i think that your the message was really well done and i think in a lot of the scenes that was well done but like not well done enough you know right in in the grand scheme of things and i just it's just frustrating as a horror reviewer when you go to sit down and watch a horror movie and then the movie ends and you're like where was the horror right where where is the horror movie there it there wasn't one yeah this is not a horror movie now if you want to watch it to see what we're talking about you know that's fair and there were a lot of people that liked it i think the people that liked it liked what they were getting at in my Mm -hmm. opinion oh as like i like dramas i love period pieces as that type of movie it did a great job that's what exactly it was beautiful and i will give it that Mm -hmm. if you want to see it for the message it has for the because i think it was great but why the fuck did you market it as a horror movie because there ain't shit that's creepy in this (laughs) yeah exactly so add two out of five yeah same two unfortunately all right well hopefully we get something else this year but Chris and I aren't really super enthusiastic about going to theaters so I don't know even if something comes out if you know we don't like want to get sick so you know (laughs) well everything that was gonna come out because of Tenant they've basically taken off like Candyman just got moved so I don't think we're gonna get anything else this year unless it's on demand and that's totally fair that's have your moment in theaters and just push it right so I mean Blumhouse is coming out with a bunch on demand maybe some of those are good maybe we'll get something out of that I don't know I bet they'll have a Blumhouse will have their own streaming service by the end of all this. Right. Dude. I can't afford another streaming service. I already have like (laughs) a million things plus cable. I can't do anymore. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our review of Antebellum. What is, if you've seen it, what did you think? If you spent the money on it, especially what did you think? You're very much entitled to your opinion (laughs) if you spent the money on it. You can email us, of course. We do have that email up. I never let you know what that is. It is theextrasisters at gmail.com. If you don't have social media, you can always interact with us there. And, of course, all the socials are The Extrasisters and Twitter. The Extrasisters podcast, excuse me. And Twitter is at The Extrasisters. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much to our patrons who have stuck with us this year. You've been awesome. I know it's been a rough year with pandemic, but thank you so much for being with us over there. Patreon.com slash The Extrasisters podcast if you would like to join our little Patreon fam. Yes, thank you guys so much. And until next time, stay creepy.